Hello and welcome to the Improving Everyday podcast. I am Jan-Rink Hemminga. I am your host and should you have trouble pronouncing this Dutch name, you can just call me JR. In this podcast, I dive into both improvement and neurodiversity. In this intro, I'll share the idea of the podcast and give you some background. Why improvement? Well, I'm obsessed with it. I'm always trying to find smarter ways to do things. The puzzle of where we are now, determining where to go and taking the next step to get there is an irresistible one to me. This is in my job, where I improve business processes, when I'm making coffee, when I'm playing airsoft, or when I'm coaching people who, like me, are autistic ADHDers. As you can imagine, I want to learn all there is to know about improvement, both in a professional and personal setting, and I'd love to take you along for the ride. Why neurodiversity? Realising I have ADHD and that I am autistic were both pivotal moments in my development. Before I elaborate further, I will explain the terminology. Neurodivergent. This describes people whose brain works differently from most people. These are people with diagnosed or undiagnosed ADHD, autism, dyslexia, or related conditions often referred to by psychologists and psychiatrists as a disorder. I'm not a fan of the word disorder, but I'm sure we'll dive into why that is at some point in the podcast. There is a lot of overlap in these conditions and it is common to have more than one. About 20% of the population is estimated to be neurodivergent in one form or another, so that is about 1 in 5 people on average. Neurotypical. If you're not neurodivergent, you're neurotypical. This is the remaining 80% of people who don't have any of these conditions, hence typical. Since this is the largest group, it's also the group most systems are designed for because it works for most people. This is basically the neurological equivalent of it works on my machine. An important note is that I'm not trying to cast blame here. But I do think it is a cause for much trouble neurodivergent people have in fitting in. I'm sure if the tables were turned, we'd probably have the same problem in reverse. Neurodiversity covers the entire spectrum of how we can be neurologically different. It's like biodiversity, but applied to how we function neurologically. It's how we're wired, so to say. When you're talking about neurodiversity, it's always about a group. A group can be neurodiverse, both with and without neurotypical people. So it's technically incorrect to talk about my neurodiversity. Just like you wouldn't talk about biodiversity when you're talking about a single organism. I'm sure I myself will also confuse these terms at some point, but for now, at least I've given the proper definitions. While neurodiversity isn't the primary topic of the podcast, and there might be episodes without this topic, it does touch a lot of what I do and who I am. In a lot of ways, it's intertwined with improvement. For me personally, it's something I always need to take into account when I'm thinking about how I myself can improve. 
I'll be sharing strategies and tactics I use to deal with my neurodivergence and what I've seen work for others. When a guest is also neurodivergent, and if they're open to talking about it, we will talk about it. Lastly, I intend to invite experts in the field. My hope is we can find better ways to deal with our own struggles, improve how we collaborate in a neurodiverse workforce, and improve how we can help each other. To give you some background about me, I'll tell you about my journey so far. In primary school, I thought I was stupid. It was clear that I was different from the other kids. I had trouble paying attention, and when I didn't finish my work on time, I got detention. I'd have to stay in the classroom on my own while the rest of the kids got their break. The schoolyard being directly next to the classroom window didn't help. Needless to say, I was bullied a lot. My self-esteem had hit rock bottom and I recall thinking at some point, maybe it's better if I wasn't here anymore. I'm really grateful the thought didn't linger. Secondary education was a big improvement. Somehow I did much better and instead of being bullied for being the worst of the class, I was now being bullied for being the best of the class and I slowly started getting back some self-esteem. As I took the long way through education, my experience gradually improved. In my spare time, I worked as a sailing and windsurfing instructor, and I remember being told at some point that it's like you can see the wind like arrows around you. And I blankly stared at the person telling me this, waiting for him to make his point. It didn't occur to me that others didn't visualise wind in such a way. I later learned, through a psychological test to help choose a profession, that my spatial intelligence was deemed to be at a particularly high academic level. It led me to eventually land on mechanical engineering. By that time I had become a coach to sailing and windsurfing instructors, and I was about to coach an instructor with ADD. Then ADD and ADHD were still separate terms. So I googled ADD. As I went through the symptoms, I was thinking, that's normal, that's normal, I have that all of the time. Yes, normal, normal. And then I reached the end of the list. So then I thought, wait a minute, I think I might need to look into this ADD thing. The more I learned about it, the more I was sure I had it. But I kept telling myself, a self-diagnosis isn't a diagnosis. So I went for the diagnosis. The most important thing that I learned from that was the fact that my filter for incoming stimuli was broken. Or at least not working how most people's filter works. Where most people can filter out irrelevant information, my filter was either on or off. I'd either see and hear everything around me, or I'd be so focused on something that you could drop a bomb and I wouldn't notice. What made the difference was how interesting something was to me. With the knowledge of having ADD, puzzle pieces started falling in place, and I realised primary school had been set up for me to fail. You see, what I didn't tell you, because it didn't seem relevant to anyone at the time, was that primary school had three year groups in one classroom, so whenever we had to work, 
the teacher was interacting with one of the other year groups. This means we never had a moment of quiet, and it's no surprise that I was distracted all of the time. The headmaster, who taught the final three year groups, was convinced, however, that it was my fault. It worked for most kids, so it had to be me, and he'd been doing this for years. So he decided to ignore any advice from the educational support service who had been involved and concluded that he'd deal with me in his own way, which was putting me under pressure and handing out punishments. Anyway, back to mechanical engineering. I graduated optimizing a production cell using lean manufacturing. Lean is a way of thinking about process improvement derived from Toyota. It focuses on what adds value to the customer, and it is a relentless pursuit of eliminating waste. Waste being any use of resources, including time, that don't add value to the customer. Doing this, I managed to revise the production method for three products to eliminate about a quarter of manual operations that I had observed, basically by changing the order of doing things. When I started to see what improvements could be made with so little effort and investments, I started seeing improvement opportunities everywhere. This set the North Star for my career. I lacked experience though, so I gradually took steps in that direction. First it was improving how me and my colleague worked. In another job I could contribute to improvement around the company, but I was still mainly working inside the process. I kept consuming all things related to improvement. Reading books, listening to audiobooks, following courses, watching talks and listening to podcasts. Hashtag Tim Tim Talk Talk. And I started applying and testing what I had learned everywhere I saw fit. In 2020, next to my day job, I started being self-employed on the side, teaching people how to use Excel and helping with process improvement. In 2022, a good seven years after graduating, I started working at IPG Media Brands and realised my ambition of making process improvement not just part of my job, but my job period. Well over a year ago, I came across something on social media where someone explained getting the following question led to her autism diagnosis. Has it ever been looked into why you take things so literally? I thought it would make total sense if someone asked the exact same thing to me. Until then, I thought autism was characterised by a need for an unchanging schedule, and everything I recognised as autistic I thought was due to my ADD. So I did some tests and started landing high scores and tests like Autism Quotient. I started reading books about autism. Among other things, I realised that having trouble with getting sarcasm is probably my autism. That moving my feet up and down, something I've been doing for as long as I can recall, is a version of stimming, and stimming is really typical in autism. And that when I freeze up in conversation, going into error mode, is likely autistic shutdown. This, again, led me to looking into getting a diagnosis, this time for autism. It seemed to be either years on a waiting list or expensive, so I reconsidered. With all that I'd learned about autism, it didn't make sense to me not being autistic. I used to think self-diagnosis isn't a diagnosis, 
Now I think it's a bit more nuanced than that. I now use the working assumption that I am autistic. Misdiagnosing a medical condition can be dangerous, so I'm not advocating for that. I'm only improving how I understand myself to improve my coping. I also don't consider myself to be capable of diagnosing anyone else, but I might challenge someone to look into it. And before you go diagnose yourself, please realise that there is an enormous gap in between I've seen a TikTok video and this is so me, and I have a formal diagnosis and this makes total sense. Learning I'm also autistic led to pivoting my independent work to coaching fellow autistic ADHDers. In this, I'm combining my love for coaching, my obsession with improvement, and what I've learned in dealing with my own neurodivergence. So that brings us to the present day. I had the idea for the podcast for a while now, and I'm stoked to share the conversations I've recorded so far and excited to see where this podcast leads. I'm not the guru or entrepreneur who will give you checklists for success, but I'm looking to learn and share what I'm learning with you in the hope that you find value in it. So please let me know what you think. Also, when you disagree with me, when you're sharing it in the spirit of thoughtful disagreement, I'll be grateful for it. That's all for now. You should be able to find everything related to the podcast at podcast.improvingeveryday.net, including the show notes to this and any other episodes. Thank you for listening and see you next time.